Today, I talk with Nasia Katun. She's a body transformation coach and the founder of Fitness Reborn UK. She really talked a lot about mental health and loving yourself. But more importantly, she talked about how you can use your vulnerability and your experiences, both positive and negative, to transform your life, transform your business and your brand, and how you can really tap into your unique power by sharing what has impacted you to come where you are now. She will share, inshallah, with you how you can tap into an industry where you don't see yourself represented and how you can really take up space and build your own table and empower your unique strengths, skills, and capabilities to make it big in your personal brand by being yourself, your true self. So inshallah, I loved this conversation. I hope you love it as much as I did. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of Shared Diversity, the Muslim Businesswoman podcast. Before you jump into this episode, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, you review us on iTunes and inshallah follow us on Instagram, Twitter and YouTube where we share more insights into business, branding and womanhood. Alhamdulillah, okay, we are rolling. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, so just for the audience to get a little bit more overview yeah. of you, who you are, could you introduce yourself in 30 seconds? Of course, let's do it. I've got a clock right up there. So my name is Nazi Katoon. I run Fitness Reborn. Fitness Reborn uses neuroscience and fitness together, enable people to um, recreate the way they think about themselves, having a better relationship with food and exercise. But most importantly, it's getting them to fall in love with who they are and in every aspect of their life. That was really fun. <laughs> yeah, <Michelle. laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. How did you how did you get to start it? What was kind of the purpose, the intention, the whole motivation behind starting it? It all started when I was a very young person. I'm sure a lot of females can relate to this as well. Um especially coming from a Bangladeshi Muslim background. We're not, we don't get taught about self-love, what is eating disorders, what is depression, none of that stuff. And from a very young age, um, it's sad to say this, but it's facts. You know, you're growing, you're going through this period, identity crisis almost as well in your teenage years. And I used to look at magazines all the time and I, it created this self-image issue within myself. I didn't feel like that, I felt ugly. And I'm the eldest out of four other sisters and I've got five siblings. And you have this immense pressure of trying to be something to fit in. Um, so that was one of the re reasons, I guess, Instagram was created. But really and truly, it's when I became an amateur boxer. I used to be a boxer for eight years. And it wasn't something, it wasn't sure. something that was, um, how do I say it? encouraged within the Bangladeshi community the Muslim faith and you always get told we don't we're not supposed to do this you're supposed to be hidden you're supposed to be you know covered up all those kind of things and how old were you at that time when you started boxing? Um, 21 I was very late actually so you know mm -hmm. I had an eating disorder and overuse of the gym at the time as well and there was a time when I just had a lot of injuries And those injuries for me to settle back into it. I thought, let me just try something different. And I, I interviewed Muhammad Ali's daughter, Leila Ali, at college. So she inspired me really and truly um, to say, you know, he gave me permission um, to say females can do it. And then I changed careers. I'm getting to the purpose of my brand, but I want people to understand why. I think the why is so important. Um, so when I transitioned, 
into a fitness coach you know I slipped into depression very very quickly not understanding business and I just had a passion really and that's when it really hit me and then I realized in the moment of my darkness there's beauty in it when you look back at the lessons you can grow and it was a penny drop moment where I realized oh my god my whole entire life I spent trying to create this physical body that other people can admire me over. But when I look in the mirror, I hate me. Mm -hmm. There must be something missing. Mm -hmm. There's a link that I've missed. And there's something that the mainstream media that I adore, like looking at magazines and all these fit girls, they haven't taught me how to love myself, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then it was just like this moment of epiphany. Like I woke up and I said, fitness has also been a blessing. It's been a curse. But every time I use fitness, it's allowed me to become reborn again, to have this champion mindset, to have this champion way of looking at life. And that's when the real growth happened. And that's when Fitness Reborn was created and the purpose behind it. As I grew and I went on my journey, I found myself taking other females on the journey from my background, from the Arab background, from the South Asian background. And I was like, whoa. There's a market for this. There's a niche for this. And it just went on from there. And I think it just grew. So that's the real reason behind it and the purpose behind it. And yeah. <laughs> how did you, how did you, um, how long did you go through this struggle, eating disorder and all the things that you went through and all this doubt and things that you had? Mm. I, I, I struggled with eating disorders, I would say, mm. almost all of my 20s, which is really sad because it robbed me of my you know Mm. young my youth really and even in my early 30s you know um, I struggled with loving myself so altogether I would say about 15 years it's only in the recent couple of years I managed to say Mm. I'm happy with who I am I'm confident Mm. and Mm. I want to do this for myself the big thing that I hear is like you want to explain the why and I find that so big because a lot of times when we see brands Mm. and even even now Mm. even more we want to know what's the story behind Mm. them and I feel you started Mm -hmm. your brand before you were ready or before you were perfect in that sense and a lot of times we think we have to be that amazing person that has it all figured out before we Mm. can start to give the lessons that we've learned in our personal life to others how did you How did you navigate starting before you even ready? What a beautiful question. I mean, I made really good friends with this word called self-doubt. And that self-doubt, I suppose, has helped me in a weird kind of Mm -hmm. way um, because it allowed me to feel that fear of I'm not good enough. But you know what? I'm going to execute. I want to see what comes out of it. And by doing that, it was like doing these little experiments with myself in terms of, okay, if I take this client on, I want to know if my modules help. But those modules came from, one, my experience, Mm -hmm. two, understanding that there were so many other people who needed this. And then the more I educated myself, the more I understood myself understanding neuroscience, understanding psychology, social behavior. And the key question we all ask ourselves is, you know, why do we do the things we do? Yeah. 
when you when you get to that stage of thinking you take everything on a new level of creating and being who you are as well so I think it was just a journey of life how did you get the the real motivation to start a business out of it I got sick and tired of my job my nine-to-five job and you have to remember I was an athlete Mm. from the ages of 20 till about 29 I was I had this fearsome fight in me but I was fighting with my life all the time the moment I used to wake up I was in a battle with you know how I look Mm. with an eating disorder Um, and then when I was at the nine-to-five job I hated my job you know, they take they tell you to go to university, you come out, you get this great job, but nobody ever teaches you to do what you love. Mm. And I think it was this niggling voice at me where people would come up to me and say, You're very good, you're motivating. And this was at a time when I was very low in confidence, mm. right? It was just a mask I was wearing as a boxer. That was my identity. And I hated the full-time job. And I said, no, enough is enough. Mm. I don't want to do this anymore. Tomorrow I might die, Mm. you know. And I had, one day I just got out from bed and I was just sick and tired. I went traveling, came back, told my parents. I walked out of the job. Mm. They did not like it one bit. And And my struggle really started when I left the job because when you don't have that many people supporting you and your parents and a community, you're alone. But somehow I found myself just doing it and you was just creating out of resilience yeah so how did you how did you handle all this cultural restrictions and all this pressure and your parents not approving really of your decision and your own mental limitations like these are really two things like the inner yourself mm-hmm. and then the outer the whole environment and everything that people think and judge and doubt mm-hmm. so how did you balance and juggle those two and I didn't I didn't I'll be very honest with you I didn't for a very long time because where I struggled with parents wanting me to be married Mm. for me to be in this linear narrative you know as Asian Muslim females when we were born we're given this book of this is how I want you to dress this is how I want you to Mm. act this is what the job you're going to do you're going to be happy as a wife and a mother they they dictate that for us right Mm -hmm. so I couldn't find the balance of understanding my happiness and their happiness and what people would think about me so I Mm. had to break I I guess I had to work toward defining the stereotypes without even realizing it and I did it in a way where I was just showing up with Mm. topics that bothered me and the more I Mm. unraveled those topics people came and joined it was like I was almost creating this tribe and I was leading this tribe saying you can change just be who you want to be and mm-hmm. sports was always at the forefront of my motivation to keep me going getting mm-hmm. out of bed you know sports really saved my life in so many times of uh, my growth as well if it wasn't for fitness I wouldn't be who I am it's a different kind of attitude you have mm-hmm. and your brand mm-hmm. especially combines the physical yeah. the mental growth yeah the mindset and then the self-love how did you come up with all these three things because a lot of times we see only one of them usually in a brand so maxwell waltz did this he's a he was a pioneering surgeon at the beginning i think it was don't quote me of the year um 1950s or 60s and he said something that really resonated with me and he said people will get plastic surgery nose jawlines everything 
but they still kept coming back for more. Surely, if you if you wanted to change in your external self, your parents, mm. then you should be happy after you've had it reconstructed. You know, you pay a lot of money. And then what he found was, which was so groundbreaking knowledge for me, that because people weren't happy with their inner self, no matter how much surgery they got done, they were never, ever happy. Mm. And um, that followed on to me attending mm. a seminar. And there was this leading hypnotherapist. And she was saying how none of us feel like we are enough. And the next morning I woke up and I kept repeating these affirmations. Mm. I am enough. I am enough. I had to change first. And as I was changing, everybody around me was changing as well. And I was like, more people need to know about this. It's not just, I, I, I had a great physique. I had a six pack. I had a toned body. I was yeah. training seven days a week for tournaments. Yet I was never happy. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Why am I not happy? So that's how we all merged together. And then I started teaching females mm. about self-love, me falling in love with my body, acceptance really, to be fair. So fitness became, a, it was a tool. I was working with people's mindset, mm. the neuroscience of how the brain works, how to get them to change mm-hmm. from like from survival threat into a safety element of things. And that was a very specialized course that I made me go, wow. Yeah, that's what I love about your content. It's, mm. it's very holistic. It's historical things. It's times of the, you know, what does the Sunnah say about physical health and why did they become healthy and like did em- embrace fitness at that time what was the purpose of yeah. that and then neuroscience and then your own experiences and journeys like it's just this holistic content that you're putting out that sticks in someone's mind i really respect that about you i, I totally love the fact that you know what i did that means you follow me really well <laughs> i love it <laughs> much like you're worth following thank so you. thank you so how did you come up with you know mixing all these things you know sunnah your muslim identity medicine your Mm. own you know love for fitness i think for a part of my life i abandoned you know religion because i was searching for something and i tried to find meaning in sports i tried to find meaning in an identity Mm. and somehow we missed the things that are like literally on our hands right Mm -hmm. and it was only when I went through my breakdown my heartbreak I became more close and connected to God and the more I researched maybe I discovered wow I mean you know it but you don't know it you think you have it all sorted out but you don't and every time Ramadan used to come up you know you have a lot of time you're researching and you're like whoa why don't people adhere to this it's sunnah right Mm -hmm. so when i used to go to the mosque as well it used to be a very uh it used to be a beautiful eye-opener for me my grandma when she was alive that's her 80 years old she was fit she was able to walk and then you go to the mosque and people are on the on the on the on the chairs and i'm like yes yes you know this is not what the body was made for the flesh is a gift yeah from Allah and then we're abusing it by overeating Mm. by over drinking Mm. by being lazy and Mm. in the prophetic time you know we know the prophet spoke about this you know mind Mm. body and spirit so everything just flew together in terms of how it connected and that's how it came about and every time I have a thought in my head it's just giving value connecting religion fitness mindset neuroscience and people are like whoa (laughs) 
Yeah. But it is naturally, it comes all together because naturally it has to do with all your psyche, your body. It's all connected. Of course. So what I found really interesting, what you just said is, and I found, I found out about, you know, sunnah therapy yes. and nutrition also during the time of Ramadan because I don't know why, but the absence of food makes you think about why, what we put in your, what you put in your body, right? 100%. And I was researching and I think, also don't quote me if that is wrong or right, astaghfirullah, but I think, bismillah, the first innovation that was that came after uh, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam died yeah. was overeating. There you go, right? Because the sunnah was so, so yeah. different. And yeah. then suddenly everyone just like, you know, made this a whole festivity and it's just there actually, mm. food is just there, nutrition mm. is just there to fuel your body and just keep it up straight. Mm. Exactly. Not to fill it up. Yeah, I mean, even when you look at um, history, even before Islam came, Christianity came, some of the deep philosophers, they talk mm. about the body, the vessel, um, the mind, how it all connected. This is your, this is your vehicle. This is the first home that you live in, and if mm. you're not looking mm. after it, it's, it's you're just, just, it's a disservice, really. And I always say to my mm. clients, um, we all have the capa- we all have the same capability. It's how mm. we use our control and our discipline, right? And when it comes to control over food and you know, our urges, most of us lack it with modern day technology and everything that's available to us as well. So yeah, there's a lot of things going on. So how do you, okay, let's get to the meat. How do you do it? How do you make sure that your body, mind, and uh, also your sense of self is pure and it's balanced and it's helping you to f- perform better and just be, be living a, a more holistic life? How do you make sure of that? So first of all, understanding that there is no such thing as motivation mm-hmm. and a thing called willpower, right? We've been taught this and it's a very generic term that we use all the time. Now, when you understand um, the brain and how transformation can happen when you can actually engage where your patterns mm-hmm. are coming from, your behavior, mm-hmm. we picked it up when we were young. And that translates. So what happens is we sugarcoat the effects rather than looking at the core of our behavior, right? When you can understand Mm -hmm. the cause of why you're overeating, most Mm. of it is emotional baggage. It could be anything. Um, And if I was to give you an example of uh, one of my clients Mm -hmm. is, let's take domestic violence, for example. When somebody's been abused at home in a marriage, you know, that has an effect of not feeling good enough, rejection, abandonment, you know, psychological trauma. And trauma is something, if it's not healed, right, we have an addiction, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it be food. Food is the most overused drug at the moment as well. So how you get clients to change is getting them to say, okay, you have all your habits, we're going to transform the habit, but we have to stay in a state Mm -hmm. of change as well, not just changing for the day or five days or for the month. So what Fitness Reborn did, what I did with the program, I found four modules that I, I feel like it worked. It's getting them to recreate themselves. It's getting them to rebuild themselves. And then the last stages is getting them to feel reborn again. So it's like a whole package of taking them through this beautiful journey. And sometimes you can't even recognize the person at the end. 
And it's not just about, oh, they physically drop the weight. Mm -hmm. It's who they become up here and how they change their love with themselves, their relationship with other people, everything. And that is the meat of the whole program, I guess. It's not doing the same thing over and over again, but understanding how each person performs in different mm-hmm. ways. And we're all so, different. Does that your <laughs> yeah, question? I mean, for more content, uh, our listeners can come to your site. But I wanted to yeah. I wanted to look on one topic specifically, which is a lot of sisters mm-hmm. have this problem of self-doubt and not believing in, se- in themselves. And uh-huh. also this whole journey of self-love is now a trend and what is it is it taking baths or is it going Mm. to you know like therapy or what what is it really like how can you in your life apply it so that you can fall in love with yourself so the best way to do it is okay if you have a 50 pound note a 50 pound note when it's all crunched up um, it still has value. If it's mm-hmm. on the floor, if it's dirty, it still has value, right? So when it comes to us, sometimes we're broken, sometimes we're damaged, mm-hmm. sometimes we go through drama in our life. And along the way, people hurt us, people betray us, and we attach meaning to that. We create this story. And with it, our self-confidence drops, our self-worth drops, our self-value drops. But the 50 pound mm-hmm. never dropped its value, right? So if you can go back to yourself and understand what have you got to offer to this world but most firstly what have you got to offer to yourself you're here on this earth for one primary reason and then i go a bit deeper how you eat how you drink how you um, nourish your body how you nourish your mindset how you nourish your body how you talk to yourself is all part of self-love it's not just you know you go out buy yourself something nice have a hot bubble bath no it's about saying I love me, I take care of me, and this is how I want you to respect me, and I have boundaries. And I think, you know, like in our community as well, and it's really sad to say Muslim females are not taught this concept, and they end up in toxic relationships, narcissist relationships, which ends in a very, um, it doesn't end really well, yeah. So that's what self-love is for me anyway. Everybody has a different interpretation of it. No, I think what you said is really, really crucial because I'm always thinking not only the body, but the whole being of you was created from God. And Mm. it's actually not like what you can see in the mirror is not who you really are. It's just the shell that you've been given to take care of. Like, we, we are in this dunya, in this world, just yeah. to take care of this. And then in the end, we're going to be like, ask, like, how did you take care of yourself? How did you take care of what you've been given? But that's also, you know, not only your body, like, what do you do with your body? It's also, how do you, how did you take advantage of the strengths that you've been given, of the skills, of the ideas, of the mindset, of the type of, you know, things that you might do better than others or that people might ask you for, like, everything that is from you and that is in you there's there comes a responsibility with it to take care of it because at the Mm. end of the day you need to give it back to god you know and you're gonna help be held accountable i mean maybe that's a bit of a negative annotation but um (laughs) i really loved how you said you know you need to acknowledge that the value is always going to be there Exactly. And our mind, um, people don't get taught this as, as well. The thoughts that we have, 
create a feeling and that feeling vibrates in our body and that feeling you know we're sending out these energy vibrations to the world to the people around us and that creates a reality for us and in in this world we call it the law of attraction but it's all mm-hmm. god's work right it's all god's work when you have a thought of being happy mm-hmm. you can literally be that person but i think i mean i did it as well right it's really hard like when you're going through not feeling happy with your body and you keep going through the same cycle again mm-hmm. you fall into this trap of mm-hmm. going through this negative spiral thing again and again and it becomes your everyday language and the work is to flip it rewire um, your subconscious mm-hmm. mind is to put in a new blueprint and just making people happy that's what i do i empower people and make people happy yeah. <laughs> mashallah so what are like the habits that everyone can apply for themselves to rewire themselves in a positive way um so the best ever technique is look at yourself in the mirror and i always use three affirmations and affirmations are words so how we speak to ourselves creates this feeling so talk to yourself gently like you would to your child like you're good i love you you're enough i'm strong uh all of those kind of things so uh, let me just repeat that so the three that you would use is i am enough i am enough i am enough till you actually believe it mm. You can trick your mind to believe anything. Self-belief can be manipulated. Then you say, I am strong. And then I love myself. Mm-hmm. I am strong. I love myself. I am amazing. Whatever suits you at the time. Yeah, yeah. I actually was very skeptical, skeptical about affirmations because I was like, oh my God, this is like the self-development thing that everyone says and it doesn't really have, you know, a, a real, I don't see the value in it because I don't see a scientific proof of it. But anyways, I overcame that. <laughs> actually, I found out. I I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but I know a yeah. lot of women out there still think that way. And yeah. I also had a lot of problems back in the days with this whole self-development kind of movement and, you know, coaches and life coaches and all that stuff. But um, star- sarcasm and doubt really doesn't help you and doesn't get you far. So I figured out, that out the hard way. Yeah. But I heard actually and I found out that the way you speak to yourself, that can be hardwired into your brain. So the more you repeat something, your brain physically changes and that makes you believe it. That makes you, like you say, your thoughts will make you feel a certain way. It make, will make you act a certain way and then will, you will get the results. So if you're always thinking, I'm never going to be able to do this, you are going to believe it because you're hardwired in your brain. But this, at the same time, if you say, I'm enough, I love myself, that will also be hardwired in your brain. So you just have to choose what you want to be imprinted into your mind. Yes, exactly. And just to add on that, I totally love what you said then. I totally agree with that. Our brain is neuroplastic, mm-hmm. okay? You can mold it, you can shape it, which is the beauty of the human world because we have imagination. Mm-hmm. And then when you understand from the third trimester of you being in your mother's room till the age of seven, you are being programmed, mm. right? So from the time you're in your room till the ages of seven, mm. you know everything from your parents, from the external world. So it becomes um, a part of you and you grow up with those beliefs, those values, whatever it is. But the beautiful thing about it is you can actually rewire that 
come out of the past and create a whole new story about you just by repetition. And the mm. repetition is what creates, recreates the subconscious mind. And you have to keep doing it. At the times, it doesn't manifest, it doesn't become real, but eventually those mm. sort of things make a difference. And I remember when I came out of my depression, I woke up one morning, I go, I miss that nagging voice. I miss that moaning. <laughs> like, where is she gone? Like, I didn't see beauty in anything, you know, at the time of darkness. And, you know, when you're going through these horrible thoughts, all you see is a negative. Everything is, even the sun is like, whatever. <laughs> it's not bright enough. <laughs> but it works. It works if you stick with it. So I want to talk yeah. about the personal brand that you've built because you really came from your personality and build a business out of that, out of your knowledge, out of your, out of your skills and strengths and ideas. Did you think about that actively to build a brand out of your personality or did that just come naturally? No, it actually came very naturally. And what I did at the time very intentionally was... I didn't have a place in mainstream fitness mm -hmm. where it was very populated with Caucasian faces. Mm -hmm. And I was never going to make a change in the mainstream fitness industry. Mm -hmm. So for me anyway. So when I walked out of my main job in a personal training a fitness gym, I decided what can I do that's different from other personal trainers? I'm a Muslim. I'm, I'm very covered. I don't need to be in a bikini contest or a bodybuilding contest um, to prove myself that I'm a good coach, mm -hmm. you know, and for people to take me seriously. And when I was going through branding Fitness Reborn, I figured out what do I stand for? Who am I first? So when I found out everything about what nausea was, I'm a female. At the time, I was 30. Um, I'm a sister. I'm a boxer. I'm an athlete. I'm Bangladeshi. I'm Muslim. And all these things gave me scope of giving back to the community. So I spoke about sensitive topics. And it just came out of me just putting content out there, mm. why fitness was important, why historically it connects. And the more I kept doing that, I just found myself falling into this beautiful place of just leading people into this transformation and taking them into a place where nobody was teaching them the real, the other side of fitness. Mm -hmm. So the f mainstream media will teach you, just go and exercise, but nobody will teach you how and why. They just sell, sell you this hope. And I took the hope and made it become true. <laughs> yeah. There was a bit of intentional work behind my um, mindset, but the thing just fell into it naturally. What I love well. that you're saying, because I know that it applies to a lot of sisters out there, is that you looked at what made you different, not from a yes. way that, oh, this is going to prevent me from becoming successful in this industry because Cajun faces and I'm not going to show my body but you looked at it as an opportunity and you looked at it as that which will make you stand out and which people will exactly. like to connect with you for do you have any tips for other Muslim women to understand this kind of twist and understand that their own the limitations are just the barriers that they could set intentionally the values that they stand up for and the standards that they set for themselves You know, one of the best of the things I learned in my career was not to chase money. Money will come to you. And if it's meant for you, Allah will find a way. 
I struggled for years, Sina, um, financially. I'll be honest with you. I could have given up at every stage of a new year. But there was this inner whisper that said, no, you cannot give up. Every time somebody transformed themselves, I'm like, how can I give up? They need me. So, you know, one of the, the devil loves you doubting yourself. We know this. Shaitan is always with us. We have an idea. We procrastinate. And the best advice I give to sisters is we have a place for us. But we have to create it ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be handed to us. Your parents may not agree with you doing something different. But you have to find people who are doing. The, the game changers are the ones who are defining the narrative. So when I found those people on Instagram and social media, I was like, SubhanAllah, I'm not alone. I don't, my heart is eased off this pain. And I can do fitness and I can box and I can be whoever I want to be. And that is it. You just find your, you, if, it, if there's no market, you create the market. <laughs> if there's no niche group, you create the niche group. There's so much opportunities out yeah. there for A lot us. of times we're thinking, oh, we're not going to get the place on the table, but you just have to build your own table, just yeah. like you say. So what I hear is that you put a lot of emphasis on the audience and the people that you yeah. are serving. How do you find the right audience for you? And how do you find ways to, to serve them best? I think the audience I found on my social media and I, the best way I served them was showing my highs and lows. Find the problem and give them the solution. Okay, for me, every topic that I speak about, how did fitness help me grow? How did fitness help me get out yesterday's mindset? Why am I, why is it a part of my routine? And you just give them, give them, give them your best content on social media, right? And eventually people, you're going to make noise, Sina. That's what I did. <laughs> but how do you grow that from the bottom up? How do you create this just strong presence? Go slow. Think, there's a beautiful saying, think big but act small sometimes, mm. okay? Yeah. Sometimes we act big and we try to get it all done straight away and it doesn't happen. We fail really quickly. And what I did was as a small little mouse, I crept up and where I had so much confidence, I lost it in the time of my depression. Mm. And then I used all the years of my hardship and slowly every day I just put things up whether it was about family, whether it was about my fitness, whether it was my eating disorder, the mindset I had. And just do things out of the norm. Like normal personal trainers, they don't invite their clients or their followers for coffee or come and have, let's have a chat. So I did everything out of the norm and just be controversial sometimes. When you see a trend go this way, you go the other way. Mm -hmm. You don't have to swim with every fish in the sea. You can go the opposite. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what made me stand out every day and everyday life. Yeah. yeah. What do you think are like <laughs> the three or five most important skills or mindset shifts that you had to get you where you are? Wow. Having empathy. The other mind shift I had was I learned how to just stay true to myself, really and truly. That was a big one. I, I stopped giving um, attention to people's opinion mm. about me because everybody's going to have an opinion about you. And you have to be very strong-willed to be that person sometimes. And just do what you have to do. 
And every day, I mean, I read books every day. I have a ritual in the morning. I'm, I'm forever like writing down the things I'm grateful for. And I have low days, I have bad days, but it's understanding the core essence of who I am. I need to be, I need to show up as a person I preach for people to see that change is possible. And we just have to keep on that journey. And that journey is what gives us those beautiful lessons, mm. whether it's eating disorders, whether it's, you know, being an athlete trying to fit in, being an Asian woman trying to fit in, being somebody who struggled with depression, you know, doing something that I shouldn't be doing apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, just just take a chance for yourself. Are you still trying to fit in? No, no. I, I stopped that years ago when I realized... I, I wasn't born to fit in. Okay, so as a last question, uh, one of the big things that I would love to hear is when you first started to, that could be going on your fitness journey or starting a business, what would you have told that person, that version of you to get where you are right now, but faster? Oh. I always get really emotional when I think about that question, actually. Um, to have self-belief, if I'm honest, that's what, that would be the most important thing I would tell my younger self. Just to... No, that would be the only thing I would tell my younger self. Because that's what slowed my journey down. And I doubted myself every year. And um, it caused a lot of mental, oh, like suffocation. And that still creeps up now and then again. It's crazy, right? Um, but one of the best thing I learned in my journey is being my own best friend, right? Yeah. You have to know how to accept your loneliness, your time in isolation. And, you know, I'm, I'm from a big family, Sina. We have, I have sisters all around me. I had tons of friends. And over the years, my circle got tighter. And I just had to learn to respect my emotions, to love myself, to be kind to myself. And I wish I had done all of that when I was young, if I'm honest with you. I wouldn't have gone through all the drama. And it takes a while to get over those yeah. kind of things. We underestimate the power of healing, you know, but we don't give us uh, ourselves a chance to heal sometimes. So, yeah, self-belief is so yeah. important. It's the catalyst to so much of life of adventure of yeah, everything that's beautiful thank you so much mashallah okay so the last thing that we usually do is we would like to ask a question to the audience and you can ask the question that could be related to anything that we talked about today and they would answer that in the comments below oh okay um what prevents you to become who you want to be what is stopping you becoming who you want to be Perfect. So inshallah, you heard Nasya. Leave your comment down below. What is stopping you from becoming who you want to be? Tag Nasya and me in your comment, both on social media and in the comments below this episode. And don't forget, the real deal is going on at sharediversity.com. Jump on the newsletter, comment below this episode and share your diversity with us. If you enjoyed this episode, like and share with your friends and make sure to rate and review us on iTunes so we can keep creating content that is relevant to you. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum.